0: Love Make believe I'm everywhere. I'm hidden in the lines. Written on the pages the answer to a never-ending story. It's episode 12, season 4 of Ravish Love, and we're here together now. Hi, Julie.
1: Hi! <laughs> never-ending Story is one of my favorite movies of all time. I will forever be happy with any references to um, Neverending Story, so thank you thank so you. much. Um, thank you so much. Happy to be chatting with you this week, Renee. Always my pleasure. <sighs> so, this is our original plan, folks. As you know, every week, <laughs> Renee and I read two separate books on the same theme. Uh, April, we read books that were Renee's choice because it was her birthday month. And for the month of May, our original idea was we were going to read fairy tale themes books. So different books mm-hmm. around the theme of fairy tales. But... Setting aside even the theme for the month, we couldn't do a podcast where we read erotica and romance without reading a particularly famous set of books. And it just so happened to be a perfect link to the theme of fairy tales. So we both read the same book this week, um, which is the first on the show. So we're going to do things a little bit differently this week. So what did we read, Renee? Renee?
0: Uh, we read a little thing called Pony Spanks by Anne Rice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is the first in the Sleeping Beauty trilogy, The Claiming of Sleeping Beauty by A. N. Rocklour, yeah. which is the pen name of Anne
1: Rice. Of Anne Rice. Right. So the interview with the vampire, infamous Anne Rice, wrote this trilogy. In the 80s, so the first book, which is the one we read, so the three books are The Claiming of Sleeping Beauty, Beauty's Punishment, Beauty's Release. And Mm -hmm. The Claiming of Sleeping Beauty, to its credit, was written in 1983. Like, it was literally written before I was alive. Um, And the others were written in 84 and 85. And she came forward after all of the books had been published to say, oh, hey, JK, it's me and Rice the whole time. So from the jump, I will say... 1983 putting out this kind of erotica that is like very kinky it's very much not vanilla pretty brave mm-hmm. um yeah. the edition that i have and i believe you have the same one is from 2012 yeah. where yeah. she has a foreword where she talks about the context of her books coming out and that you know reading it now it might not seem that edgy but it was very edgy for 1983. Uh, and since then things like 50 shades of gray have come out. So 50 shades had was just coming out basically when, um, this new edition came out. And I'm sure those things were related because 50 shades did result in an explosion of conversation and like selling of erotica books. Fun fact, one of the things that, um, people who look at tech and the history of tech and all of that, uh, discovered is that part of the reason why 50 shades of gray was as much of a bestseller as it was um was you know it's twilight fan fiction so certainly people who are hardcore twilight fans were going to read it but also that e-readers had just started to come on the scene Mm. and so you could read smut and have nobody know what you were reading so, that was one of the reasons why Fifty Shades, it wasn't just as like it was huge on its own, but also signaled this like explosion of interest in erotica is that you could read it on the train, you could read it on a plane, you could read it on a bus, you could read it on a truss. I don't know. Um, and nobody
0: would know. I will not, cannot <laughs> read it. Yeah.
1: And no one would know. Like you could just be like at the laundromat and no one would know that you were reading about smut. So, um, mm-hmm. So, to go out and pick out, the Sleeping Beauty trilogy in 1983,
0: pretty bold. I had high yeah. hopes, Renee. I did too, especially okay, especially with the forward. Yes, um, you know she straight up talks about how you know she's a feminist and you know it's really important to her. But, um, you know I was looking at the dates and this did this forward she did write it after she left Catholicism for good. So, you know, I I, I get. I get everything that she's saying. I get everything that she's talking about in the foreword, but I felt like I got bamboozled by my mother Anne Rice um, with this foreword because I never, I never read these books when I was growing up. You know, in my very deep seated Anne Rice fandom, um, because I knew they were erotica, and I never, I never read anything erotic until we started doing this show. Um, I was very, very intimidated by it, and so I never read these books. So when we decided to do it for the show, I was really, really tickled. I was really excited. Um, but you know, and and the forward itself, it it really hypes it up in a way that is very progressive and you know, very, um, you know, subversive in that like she wrote this for everybody. In the 1980s. Like this in the 1980s, this was for the gays, it was for the straights, it was for men, it was for women, it was for everybody. And um, I was just like, that's great. But she says very clearly in the foreword that you know, there's no, no real harm in this story. There's no real harm, nobody's really getting hurt, and yet I was hurt <laughs> reading this book, you know? So I got bamboozled uh, by my mom and rice, and I'm not, I'm not happy about it. I I I think I mentioned to you before the show. I had to get another book um, to palate cleanse while I was reading this. So I got a, a really terrifying book from the library so that I could put this very upsetting story down and palate cleanse. With a horrible book about a serial killer, like it was, it was very frightening. Um, but I got the job done. It's like it's like you know when Kimmy Schmidt came out, the TV show. Mm-hmm. They were putting out seasons of Black Mirror at the same time, so I would watch a season of Black Mirror and then have to palate cleanse with a season of Kimmy Schmidt, and that's kind of the same uh, <laughs> tactic I used to get through this book. Yeah,
1: I, yeah, I. I'm with you. I, I was never a big Anne Rice person. As we know, I am the sunshine and rainbows to your goth mom. But I mean, these books are iconic. They are iconic. They're up there with like Anaïs Nin, um, things like the story of O, like, you know, Fifty Shades, even like if you're looking back at the, you know, Jacques of Erotica writ large, this is up there. And the premise sounds Promising. So, I'm going to give folks like a very quick overview because, like, oh my God, it was painful. It was so painful. Yeah. And I feel like if it had been one of the shorter stories, like, you know, when you read like novellas or where it's like 50 pages or something, I feel like maybe she could have done more with it. But it was mm-hmm. like, it just felt so long at certain points. And her word yeah. choices just, oh. Made me so upset to the point where at one point I just started laughing and I was like, if I took a shot every time she says buttocks, I would fucking be poisoned. So
0: let's put a pin in that for (laughs) and then we'll come back. Oh, we're coming back to
1: word choices because we have thoughts and feelings. Also We're
0: coming back to the backside listeners, so just hang on.
1: Hang on to your butts. So 15-year-old Beauty. So in Sleeping Beauty, the, the movie and the novel and whatever else, she's known as Aurora, but in this show, or in the show, in this this trilogy, she is known as just Beauty. So Beauty is 15 years old. She is, you know, been cursed. She's asleep, but so is her entire kingdom. And a 100 years go by, and all of these suitors come, and they can't get her to wake up, and the myth is she has to kiss the love of her life, and she will wake up. And then there is this 18 year old prince who is very handsome, very brave, and he goes to the castle. And there's this, I laughed because I just pictured like when people are climbing to Everest and they're just like walking over dead bodies and shit. It was basically that. He's like walking over all these bodies. (laughs) But instead of going and kissing Beauty, he fucks her. So right from the jump, I mean, if you go and read reviews and commentary on this book, right from the jump, many people are like, okay, but like, there's no way you can frame that as anything but rape. Like, she's 15, she's dead, basically, and you fucked her. Like, some serious, we're starting off necrophilia, and we're just fucking, it's going downhill from there. And sure enough, Mm -hmm. it is. So he fucks her, she wakes up, and she's like, and he's like, I've claimed you, you are my slave. And you have to do everything that I say for the rest of your life until I decide that I'm done with you. Um, And so he then tells her family, again, because she doesn't only wake up, so does her entire family in the kingdom. Um, And so he says to them, you know, I'm her prince. And that is how she is going to address me moving forward. And tells the king, I'm going back to my castle. You have your kingdom back. Be grateful. And they're like, this is, you know, our only daughter. We love her. He was like, nope, this is my prize for freeing you. Also, I'm never going to let her wear clothes because I clearly get off on degradation. So I'm just going to make her like the fucking woman from Game of Thrones with the shame nun behind her. I'm going to make her walk to my castle or hop onto my horse on my castle while completely naked. And she has to just be naked all of the goddamn time. And he's like going to his castle and then they stop at this inn and he like literally ties her to the welcome sign and just is like enjoy the view folks. Like it's just, whew. Mm-hmm. if you have triggers yeah. around degradation and humiliation, do not read this book because it is a lot of, it's like 300 pages of just humiliating this woman. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of loosely explained that they have a number of sex slaves that various kingdoms give to him as tributes. And it's kind of loosely explained as like, it's a way of keeping them modest and humble and like, putting them in their place so that when they do end up ruling that they're not going to be that vicious because they themselves have experienced. But then at the same time, Anne Rice in the forward tries to explain that these sex slaves are into it and that it's consensual. But
0: then like she, my God, it's like Munchausen by proxy. Fuck. Like they're just beaten into like accepting it and like Pavlov's dog kind of situation where it's like, oh yeah like makes me it makes me wet now and it's like yeah yeah because otherwise you'd have a horrible rape ahead of you <laughs> like totally well, sorry
1: no i no, don't so apologize sorry. that's a hundred percent what that's like literally what i was gonna say right is that it's like it's coercive um mm-hmm. and it's like literally stockholm syndrome and i understand i mean we've had this conversation multiple times on the show where you are building a fantasy world. It's words on a page. It's not as problematic to me as things like filmed pornography, where people are actually acting stuff out. And so the question of consent is even more blurry in many ways versus fictional characters in a fictional world that you've put down on paper. I mean, it's certainly easier to tolerate, I would say than watching it on film, but like not great. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just like 300 pages of this woman and other people being degraded and humiliated. So much spanking. like. And I hope before Anne Rice died that she found someone that was willing to give her all the spanks that she needed because this entire book feels like it's just spanking, 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 spanking. And then the word buttocks too many times. The word scrotum too many times. So many. So yeah. many scrotums and buttocks. Um, so there's multiple slaves, there's all, like, the queen, and it's very, like, it's very queer, which again, for the 80s, I'll give her credit for that, like, it's queer men, queer women, like, people are fucking every combination you could imagine, um, there's this other slave named Prince Alexi that Beauty really likes, um, and then she ends up kind of falling for him, and there is a training hall, there is pony play there are paddles there are canning there is chastity belts there's fucking benoit balls there's nipple clamps like there's every single fucking thing you could ever picture um dildos at one point she chooses to sleep with prince alexi and i was like that was the thread that i would have pulled for the rest of the fucking book honestly because that was like very consensual and very hot and they were into each other and it was mutual uh and then you agree. Cause like the ending is like a bit ambiguous in the sense that it's like, it's not clear to me if her owner figures out that she slept with Prince Alexi and that's why he gets mad. But then he sort of insinuates that no one ever found out. But for some reason she gets banished to this village because she disobeyed and was like a bratty sub basically. And her owner is like super pissed. And then Prince Alexi is like really sad. And then the end. Did I miss anything significant, Renee?
0: Oh, um, how much they blatantly and casually raped this Prince Alexi character. Like, they spend two chapters at the end of the book where Alexi's like, listen to my story. And it'll just explain to you, like, why it's okay to lean into this. But, like, literally, he says, and then they raped me. And then they raped me. Yeah, he Like, to be clear, he literally, literally
1: uses the word rape, folks. Like, it's not like yeah. he alludes to not like he literally says the word rape multiple yeah. times.
0: And like, here's OK. Here's what Anne Rice says at the beginning of the foreword. She says it's excessive and it's erotic. I mean, I guess <laughs> I guess it's those things. And then, you know, she says um, every page is meant to give you pleasure. I don't, think, I don't think any page gives you pleasure. There's no boring parts. Yes, there are. <laughs> and it's, it's, yet it's very quote romantic. It's not at all romantic. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe the like little dalliance between Beauty and Alexi could be romantic if he didn't fucking take the time in their first encounter to give her his, like, submission story about all the times he got raped. I'm like, talk about a boner killer. Yeah. Um, I don't want to hear about how you were raped by, like, peasants. Gross. Gross. Ew.
1: Ew. Or, like, I do hear, I want to hear about it, but my instinct isn't then to get wet from it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, some, if a man oh, was yeah. disclosing his experiences of sexual abuse to me, I wouldn't be like, that's hot. Like, that's
0: sketch. Exactly. Exactly. And, like, it... <sighs> the book is so psychological and like I've I've been in a relationship that was uh, you know sort of this this environment it was very like dom sub and I was the sub in that situation didn't really care for it um, and it wasn't this <laughs> it wasn't this and I'm like and I want to see your research I want to see your notes like where did you come up with this like where was the aftercare where was like they literally just conditioned these royal people the every single tribute they had was a prince or a princess so people who were raised in nobility to behave in a way that is um as a leader right Mm -hmm. they were all raised to be leaders and then and then at the beginning when the prince like claims beauty he like turns to the parents and he's like, you know, you guys didn't do too bad when you came to my grandfather's kingdom. And it's like, so this is an intergenerational phenomenon. Like and yeah. I like why has no one shut this down? Why is nobody shutting this down? <laughs> and I've read, I've read tons of Anne Rice. I've read tons of it. And I can't think of instances of rape. And maybe, maybe there are because I haven't read them in many, many years. And maybe there are, but like the stories i felt were really good and this was just not a good book like it wasn't good um i will say though in true anne rice fashion she left it on a fucking cliffhanger <laughs> and now i have to know what happens and i don't want to i don't want to do i don't think there's enough palate cleansing books in the world for me to get through this but i'm i'm going to have to i just i it felt so unnecessary like there are so many elements to Consensual, enthusiastic BDSM relationships that were at no point addressed here, and we've read, you know, daddy scenarios, and we've read, you know, control scenarios. We've read all that, and, Dubcon, you
1: know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: And we've, da- we, I'm sure we, the two of us have both, you know, had our, had our, our, our day in the sun, experiencing these things ourselves. But the whole point of any any sort of BDSM relationship is that there needs to be consent and there cannot be coercion. And there's always a fucking safe word, Julie, there was yes. no safe words. They told them to shut up. Yes. Like they were not even allowed to say no stop. And they were trying to like explain in the story that it was like, it was going to help them to be better, stronger, more patient leaders. It was like, how? Yeah. Yeah. How? And I know a lot of the other princes and princesses had like, terms that they would be there for like two years five years whatever but there was no end in sight for beauty so this was just her life also okay they're just nutting in each other like ain't no thing like why aren't there more pregnant princesses
1: that was also one of my questions was like you are very clearly telling me a lot of people are cream pieing the shit out of each other and there's no Like, no... Like, I understand you don't want to get into, like, STIs or whatever. I mean, it's also the 80s. But, like, we're not... Like, how are they not all pregnant? Like, this woman got fucked, like, six times before she'd even left her fucking castle to head to his castle. Yeah. Like... Also, what do they do, like, for
0: periods? Like, what do they do for those things? Like, they just didn't... There are a lot of, like... I hate to say plot holes, because there was no plot. But... A lot of questions. And Anne Rice, in my experience, is very thorough in the books that she writes. Like Interview the Vampire was a successful movie for a reason. It's a very strongly written book. And she's a very strong writer. Um and I don't this was not it wasn't good. No, and that's the thing is that. The whole time I was like, How dare you? (laughs) How (laughs) who do you think you are, Anne Rice, to write something like this? Like the audacity. That she wrote this and then wrote a for- a feminist forward for it in 2012. Disgusting.
1: Terrible. And yeah, like, from my understanding, because I've never read Anne Rice other than this, but my understanding is, like, she's known, one of the things she's known for is incredible world building. And yes. character development where you feel, like, she got people to give a shit about a vampire, you know? So I just couldn't understand, especially when, like, you have such rich source material where you could have used, like, it basically, after the first chapter, it has nothing to do with Sleeping Beauty anymore. Like, it truly has yeah. literally, like, it doesn't come back to it. It doesn't talk about it. You don't really understand why she was even cursed in the first place. Again, it might come out in the other books, but I just, yeah, and it was, like, written from, like, a third-person perspective, like that, like, omniscient, like omnipotent, or however you say that word, like, God, basically. So it's like, you also didn't yeah. even get into the head's, of like the the only parts of it that could have been beautiful, which was like her falling in love with the prince. I didn't care because I felt like I had no insight into her inner world. She just was like this beautiful fifteen year old girl getting railed by everyone. and like, and also, I just kept thinking, because I saw it, I've saw it in the last like six months or something, but I just kept thinking, like, is this what? Kubrick pulled from for Eyes Wide Shut and like that, yeah. that orgy scene, you know, cause that's what it felt like. It was just like a bunch yeah. of people getting used and like, and again, it, that could be hot. Like if you've listened to our show, you know, we are not squeamish, prudish people. Like you can get into some dark kinky shit, but mm-hmm. it has to be pleasurable and consensual and I couldn't like, I couldn't get over how not horny this book made me.
0: Like I've also, I just couldn't. like they're crying yes. all the time,
1: constant tears, constant yeah. tears. It was the only communication they were allowed to have. You were scolded if you whimpered. You were scolded if you moaned. You were scolded if you tried to push the person away. But you were allowed, thank you, to shed tears. It's just wacky. It oh, was wacky. Oh, and
0: they loved it. They oh, yeah. Like, yum, 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 yum. Keep crying. Cry mm-hmm. more, bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was very uncomfortable. Also, like... Okay, think about it this way. If it's, like, an intergenerational thing in this kingdom, that means they're training their children... Gross. ...to be able to do this. And that's also very upsetting. Gross. Uh, I, Yeah, I just... It was... <sighs> just was it was no part of this was sexy to me like from the perspective of the um abusers and the perspective of like the victims of it like none there was nothing in this that was attractive and let me say julie like i'm no slouch i don't mind being tied up or tying somebody up but like if they're crying i don't I don't want to see that. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll get you a blanket and a cup of tea, and we'll talk about it, right? Like, yeah. Lexa like, never got clothes. Like, so cold. Yeah. And then the par- like, and then like when they really, really fuck up, they sent them to like the- Prince Alexei. They sent him to like the kitchen, and then like the staff brutally rape him the whole time, and like leave him in the trash. And now like she's going to the village, and like that's gonna be horrible you know mm-hmm. and it's like the only the only comfort and solace they can get is by f- fucking each other in secret like the love slaves in yeah. secret and like that's what she does the very last page of the book she's put in the wagon to go off to the village and prince tristan who is like was the favorite of the queen before he got replaced by alexi and now is the favorite of like the cousin of the the crown prince he sees her and they fuck in the wagon on the way to the village like that's yeah that's it and it's like well yeah like what else can they do to to work through these feelings and and it just really kills me that like they're like you know we we don't really harm anybody you know like if we break the skin when we're spanking you like we stop and Anne rice is like there's really no actual permanent harm in this and i'm like is this cause we just didn't talk about trauma till Brene Brown showed up on the scene? <laughs> like what what? Like what is this? What? Like these people are, are gonna be horribly scarred yeah. forever. Like what a horrible, traumatic. <laughs> it, it was just reading a series of trauma. Like exactly. that was it. And as someone
1: who wrote a book called Brazilians is Futile, who wrote, <laughs> <laughs> who like, Got people understand that trauma does not build character. Like, it just like <laughs> really pained me that they were like, we're basically gonna like beat these people into submission and then it will make them humble rulers of this land. And it's like, or scarred and jaded people with post-traumatic stress disorder who are going to take it out on their underlings because they don't know how to show love and affection. Like
0: cool it's like and all book clubs. <laughs> all book clubs that read Julie's book will also should have like the Sleeping Beauty-, Beauty trilogy is required reading to, like, work off of. Yeah, just to, like, fucking drive the point home. Like,
1: yeah. okay, so I have to, I have to tell you this funny story about this, though, because um, when Fifty Shades came out, um, which I've never read. Have you read Fifty Shades?
0: No, we will read it on the oh, show, though. Fuck, I know. Uh, because, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, I love to hate and drag the Twilight movies, but I've never read the Twilight books. And I cannot understand how that would be considered Twilight fanfic. So I'm eager to get my my teeth into it and rip it apart um, in a not sexy way. Um, but we'll do that. We'll do it on the show. We'll find time. Oh, yeah. Sure we'll 100%. Time.
1: We're going to have to at some point. We really are. I mean, yeah. we read My Dad Wrote a Porno, so we're we're going there. Mm-hmm. But... So when Fifty Shades came out, I had heard all the stuff about how it was, you know, really misogynist and doesn't clearly understand the kink dynamics. Um, And so my mom was in a book club and they were going to read it. And my mom had heard me say that Fifty Shades was problematic and shitty. And so my mom was like, okay, so what can I recommend to them instead? Because like, you know, my... These, wi- these women, hooks. <laughs> these women are looking for some smut, and like I want to encourage them to read some smut because, like you know, my parents are pretty sex positive—not about me, but in t- everyone else <laughs> is allowed to have sexuality. Um, and my friend was like, "Oh, you have to read the Sleeping Beauty trilogy by Anne oh, Rice." No. So I recommended it to my mom, and this was like years ago now. And my mom was like, "I, I guess." I'm like, while later I asked her about it I was like oh how she? She was she like oh, it was so upsetting it was so violent it was so like oh oh I, I couldn't I couldn't finish it it was awful and I was I was like oh god I'm so sorry and then reading this now I'm like yeah I get it <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh she warned us
1: she did but i just thought she was kind of prudish you know because she doesn't like kink things at all like she's like a zero kink policy which i found out after she read this and was like i hate i don't like that bdsm stuff and i was like oh good to know she did well, you know, recommend
0: i want to share my own story yeah. real quick so my, the first erotic thing i ever read or sexy or anything was an Anne rice book it was in another series called the lasher trilogy and in those books it's about giants. And the giants are going extinct because they need another giant to procreate with. But the females that give birth, they often die because they have to give birth to a full-size human being. Giant. Full-size oh, giant. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. But there was a, a sex scene that that I was just like, oh, shit. At, like, 13, 14, I was like, oh, my God. And I, like, dog-eared the page because I wanted to come back to her. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, And um. My mom found it and flipped the fuck out and, like, burnt my books, all my Anne Rice books. I have one book left from, like, that entire era of reading Anne Rice books because my mom burnt them in the backyard, um, which is really funny because that one specifically has a really big, long passage about um, a bad mother and, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and like, it's semi-autobody biographical, but I digress. So that's really funny to me that, you know, if I had had this book – like my mom would have burnt the house down. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I want to, I want to, I want to maintain those. She's that's not how she is now. Like she she uses the f word liberally, so it's like we're good, yeah, we're good. But she was a very very staunch, strict born again Christian for a time, and it was very very hazardous in our home. But I cannot imagine if I had had these books, you know, like oh my god, imagine, imagine. But Andrice can write a beautiful romance and erotica. She's capable of it. So I just don't know if she was just horny as fuck. Um, and like, that's where this book came from. You know, she did lose a child to cancer. And I, I I think maybe it was around this time or maybe like slightly before. So maybe it's just like her trauma took this really weird direction into this book. Um, but like spanking is not that hot. I mean, this is the
1: thing is that like, it can be, but it got to the point where it was so repetitious that yeah. it was like, this is just straight up like punishment and there's nothing hot about it anymore. Like, but I just kept thinking the whole time, like, and you just want someone to spank you and to turn your, which is like, you know, being a sub one one where you just train, turn your brain off and you go with whatever the person tells you to do. And you sort of surrender to that experience. But, like, it it read to me like someone who's never had that kinky experience. And she Mm -hmm. kind of alludes to it in the foreword that it was, like, she wrote the things that she found hot. But I'm, like, I don't know that she ever acted on it because, I mean, she might have. And I don't want to kink shame her. But I'm, like, I don't know. It just, it read to me, not, like, some of the stuff we read where it's, like, this reads like a 15-year-old that's never touched a breast before. But, like, it definitely read as someone who at the very least, has, like, merely dipped a toe in the pool of kink, Um, and clearly didn't have any elders or, like, (laughs) daddy doms in her life to, like, educate her on safe words and aftercare, and, like, like, there was some aftercare, but it was, like, when the, like, slave, like, one of the minions would, like, rub lotion on her.
0: Yeah. But it was, like, like... yeah
1: but it wasn't to take care of her it was to like make sure that she would still be hot and not like bruised and beaten so that he could fuck her yes. again like it wasn't like beauty you've been through some shit let me rub some like lanacane on your butt cheeks nope <laughs> Le- it was straight up just like I- you can't be ugly because your, be- your beauty is all you have like so i just yeah. it was like I think it made me mad. It made you mad because you were an Anne Rice fan, which I could totally understand. And it made me mad because it just feels like it was wasted. Like the source material, her talent, there was so much she could have done with this. And this ain't it. Yeah. But. Yeah. What have we decided to do, Renee?
0: (laughs) Oh my God. We're reading the next two (laughs) Pony Spank books. Um, We're going to read the next two because. I got to know. Like I got to know. So this was going to be like a you know, dealer's choice fairy tale month. Um but there's two more in in this trilogy where one she gets punished for like an entire book and then the last book she gets out. And I need to know this bitch gets out. <laughs> I need to know if she survives. In fact, I hope she burns it all to the ground. I hope she gets out. She goes back to her huge fucking kingdom and is like let's declare war and just smoke them out that's what i want i want that but i i don't expect that at all <laughs> but we're going to read the next two um i i have nothing to reenact this week um because like you said it's all like narrative driven like it's all a narrator for the most part and you know and there's truly it, no plot like,
1: there's truly no yeah. real plot it's just Scene after scene. It's and it's what's so funny to me, Renee, is I in reading this, and again, Anne Rice, you know, 21st century canon. I mean, she's gonna be remembered forever, na na. Nah. Reading this, so few like just a few weeks after reading my dad wrote a porno, I was like, <laughs> My dad wrote a porno wasn't that bad in retrospect, because it was like, yeah, the whole premise is she just goes on these meetings where she gets fucks the whole time and that's there's no plot it's just her meeting clients and fucking them but i'm like but it was very also, consensual. Those consensual
0: yeah <laughs> like those, and you know what she was into yeah, reading, it she was so into it and reading this it became very clear to me that the person who wrote my pony playbook also read this <laughs> uh, because there's a whole scene where what does she do she gets high heels with horseshoes on it and she has to clippity-clop through a briar while they smack her and i was like this is almost beat for beat the pony playbook with the centaurs like almost beat for beat and it it was unbearable (laughs) it was unbearable like just when i like just when i thought like something was coming at millhouse it it was wasn't Millhouse, Not at all. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Because we love you all and because we just need to know, we are going to read the next two books. So, the month of May, it's going to be May, is going to be a lot of fucking Anne Rice. Um, but yeah. we are going to end the month with some other fairy tale book. Um, but yeah, this was Anne Rice's. The Claiming of Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> and come back next subtitle. week. Subtitle. Yeah, what was Pony the subtitle Spanx. again? Pony Spanx. <laughs> Pony Spanks. <laughs> yeah. And next week, we will give you Beauty's <laughs> Punishment, and then Beauty's oh Release.
0: It can't get worse, though, right? I don't think it... can only it, go up from here. I
1: feel like it has to, but maybe it's like a lot of trilogies where the middle is like Kanima, and then it ends on a strong note. I mean, a girl can dream at this point, honestly, but... I'm glad we read it. I'll say that. That's my conclusion because it's like Fifty Shades. It feels like a book that you just, you got to read to understand and to really suss out for yourself. And um, similarly, I think sometime on the pod, we should read another trilogy written by a Canadian woman that was actually delightful, extremely Mm -hmm. consensual, very feminist. And I heard it from my mother, because my mom was like so that Anne Rice trilogy not good awful very upsetting but someone in my book club recommended this trilogy instead and you should check it out because I really loved it and it was good and spicy and in fact I lent the trilogy to a friend of mine who was having a little bit of a dip in her relationship and was trying to find a way to spice it back up and I was like let me tell you about a secret society where hot men come and service women and she was like tell me more (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we'll